T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's time to talk politics. It's Hardline on WBEN. Now, WBEN's David Bellavia. Hey, so uh, we, uh, you know what? I just got a uh, text message from someone close to Chris Jacobs. And Chris Jacobs did vote for Donald Trump. And I've been told all this time that he did not vote for Donald Trump. So I want to, to correct the record and say that Chris Jacobs, sources close to Chris Jacobs, say he voted for Donald Trump. I mean, let me get back to uh, Michael Caputo. You were talking about the uh, Horowitz investigation. But I just want to get back to this Chris Jacobs thing. It's really super easy to go after Chris Jacobs and attack him and say this, that, or the other thing, his votes in the Senate, which honestly... It's one thing if you're presenting a bill that's left of center. It's another thing if you're voting for things because that's the Democrat Senate and that's what they're throwing out there. You can't say that Chris Jacobs is a bad man or Chris Jacobs is a disgusting human being. I mean, it's one thing to be aggressive and go after another person. But, you know, Chris Jacobs, Senator Chris Jacobs, this isn't a uh, he's not a monster. Right. How do you how do you fight a primary with seven different people and try to put them in boxes that they don't really belong in? Uh, uh, you know, finding your base and acquiring your base and getting your base to stick with you, because in a five, six or seven way primary, um, it's your base vote that matters. You don't really have to tear down a good man in order to look better standing next to him. And by the way, any of the names that you mentioned, they're all good people. And I know Chris. A bit, you know, because I've, uh, you know, I've voted for him. I've, I've donated to him. I think he's a great person. I, I I'm not sure he's sufficiently pro-Trump, but I guess we're going to find out, right? But, but here's the thing, though. What happens to the district in 2022 if it becomes an R plus two, and then you've got a far, you know, right conservative, and now they're, you know, got all the the purple regions of of Higgins's district. You throw more uh, registered Democrats in there, and now you're looking at a guy like Chris Jacobs and saying, "Hey, we need a self funder. We need a, a a guy to come in here and and run a little bit more towards the middle." You know, d- do you just throw him off the, the Republican bench because? Uh, a di- you know, whoever holds the seat for two for one term, it, it's going to change. Uh, no, of course not. I mean, I think what we have coming up what we're facing here in the Republican primary in New York 27 is a healthy and informative debate. I mean, where does Chris Jacobs stand versus Stefan Mahaibu? Where does Rob Ward stand versus Stephen Hawley or even David Bellavia? Right. I mean, it, it, where do they stand? And I think that it'll be an interesting uh, kind of iterative process. But the question in the end of the day, in all of this, is will this person support the America First agenda uh, and, and rise above their own petty politics to do it? And, and I think that's a question we don't know the answer to yet. Hey, I'm telling you right now, I've made up my mind, Michael Caputo. I just can't do it because I got a radio job. 
I'm not going to lie and say I'm debating this with my family or I'm talking over this with anyone else. I have a decision. I'm 100% in every decision I make. And I just would rather, you know, keep my, my gig until the time comes to make that decision. No doubt. I think at the same time, David, you know. Why can't people just say that, though? Why can't they just be honest and say, you know, I need to contemplate. I'm going to go to my priest and everyone else. To me, you bring a, a tremendous amount of experience. You bring the ability to raise money nationally. But you bring something that nobody else can really say, and that is POTUS is going to tweet. I mean, look, if, if Collins had the president's support, we would have seen it by now. I mean, let's be totally honest about that. I think we I think we have a a, a a quiet support out of the White House. The president is still working, and the White House is still working with Chris Collins on key appointments. He's had some strong appointments recently. It's difficult for a sitting president to be actively endorsing and supporting someone who is facing federal charges. But you know, uh, this president is unusual, and we you know what he will do in in the face of these kinds of questions and challenges is totally different than you might have seen one of the Bushes. I'll t- tell you what, you thinking about moving to Michigan? You, there's, a, there's a congressional race that's going to open up real soon on the Republican side for a primary. But, you know, where he lives, where Justin Amash lives in Michigan, um, his, his uh, position on the president is completely palatable. Uh, there's a lot of never Trumps in, in his district, and he's fairly safe. I don't know. Maybe he'll get a challenge, a robust one. But, you know, when, when it comes to my potential candidacy, you know, you, you say about how people, you know, don't really talk to their families and don't really gauge their, you know, their, you know, the wins to see if they really want to get in. You're either in or you're out. I'm not. I mean, this started 36 hours ago for me. It really just hit me between the eyes. I called some friends of mine trying to find out if they were pranking me because I got literally dozens of emails and texts and Facebook messages telling me that I should run. And I thought somebody was organizing that just to prank me because I couldn't really believe it but it's these people are real and they're and they're they're pushing me and we'll see what happens we will see what happens let's go to uh sal in kenmore sal you're on with michael caputo go ahead sir good morning um michael quick question for you i've never been able to get to the bottom of this and correct me if my premise is wrong how was obama so able to get control DOJ and the FBI. I was always under the impression that those agencies and other agencies were loyal to the office of the presidency, no matter who was president. But it seems to me that instead they were loyal to Obama and, by extension, Hillary Clinton. How was that brought about? Well, you know, it's 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 not uncommon, actually, and I and I think it's uh, you, you can look back as far as. Uh, you know, some of the attorney generals who, like Edwin Meese, who served under President Reagan, it's not uncommon. The, the ideal is that the attorney general serves at the behest of the American people. But oftentimes they're appointed by, you know, extreme loyalists, like, for example, Eric Holder, who was appointed attorney general under Obama and who was basically the president's attorney. Those two were extremely close, cut from the same bolt of cloth, supported by the same national contributors. It was like bringing in. Uh, uh, you know, a sibling of uh, Barack Obama. Uh, that's not true with William Barr and Donald Trump. In, in fact, William Barr didn't even, you didn't see him speak publicly on the presidential race in 2016 at all. But, you know, the accusations you're seeing from Democrats that William Barr is, 
as biased and acting in the interest of the president are the same people that refused to believe it when Eric Holder and, and Barack Obama were, were playing checkers with our justice system. But to be more specific, just to be specific, to have the intensity of loyalty at the top of the DOJ and the FBI to the extent that they were willing to corrupt and attempt to turn an election and remove a lawfully elected president. I understand the precedents you cited historically, but this just seems different unless you're going to correct me and tell me, no, it's, it's not that much different. No, it's, it's totally different. You're right about that. I've never seen anything like this. I believe we're going to find out this is one of the biggest scandals in modern times, certainly on the American presidency, and in fact, maybe in the history of this nation. If, in fact, we find out, well, Michael, that, why were they that loyal? That whole elitist, loyalist group at the top, how was he able to command that level of loyalty? Well, you know, it's interesting. Hatred of Trump. A lot of, common, a lot of common personality traits. You find out now that FBI Director James Comey was a member of the Communist Party, or said he was a communist. We know John Brennan, the CIA director, uh, voted for the Communist Party. I mean, there, there's a, a similar ideology between these people and a, and, a, and a devotion after eight years to a president that really didn't mind bending and breaking the rules. Remember the IRS scandal. Remember uh, a Fast and Furious. And don't forget Loretta Lynch meeting on the tarmac with Bill Clinton. There's a lot out there, a lot of things going on that, that shouldn't have been going on, and it's an unusual level of devotion. And here's the question you've got to ask yourself. What was – on the minds, what were the expectations of Brennan and Clapper and Comey and all these people who apparently broke a, a whole plethora of federal laws to work on behalf of, uh, of a wish, only a wish, of President Obama? What was on their mind? What were they thinking? To me, it seems nonsensical to even attempt it. Yeah, that was that was the whole the genesis of my whole question. Sal, uh, I appreciate the question, sir. Thank you very much for calling into the program. Uh, Michael, uh, we're going to go to a break. We come back. If you want to stick around, we've got a bunch more questions. I want to talk about Cheryl Atkinson, who just did an interview about Spygate and how, uh, you know, again, CBS reporters that were hacked into by the Obama uh, NSA and how that really was a lot of the insecurity that the Obama intelligence agencies were feeling when Trump got elected. There was a lot of, uh, of things that could be exposed, and this is one of the reasons why Trump never you know, should have happened. And, and it kind of gets to a nexus or an origin of how we got to where we got with this Russian conspiracy. I want to get your opinions on that. And here's the breaking news of the entire program. Michael Caputo is seriously considering joining New York 27. And uh, we're going to have more of Michael Caputo right after this. Welcome back to Hardline. Michael Caputo is uh, dealing with a, a, a tremendous amount of WBN listeners, people from the district saying, hey, you know what? We're done with the retreaded uh, politicians, uh, the guys that just want to, you know, ride in the wake and move up to a seat. How about Michael Caputo? Michael Caputo joins us to say, why not Michael Caputo? He's thinking about it. I know Michael Caputo. You know Michael Caputo. When he's thinking about it, he usually jumps. So I'm going to push one more time. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being I'm in, and this is the announcement date, where are you right now? I'm a 5. Wow. That's, uh, that's, that's actually a lot more than a 2. 
Well, I mean, I've been a one or a negative one all of my life. I would never have considered it, you know. But, a negative one. Yeah. What went down with our family and with 40, 50 other families of supporters of Donald Trump and the federal abuses of the national security apparatus, suddenly I'm more deeply concerned about what's going on in Washington than I was and a little bit more personally involved in trying to elect people in order to make changes that need to be necessary, not just in in uh, the national security apparatus, but you know, in, in dairy farming, in like my op-ed today on, on Fox News, in opioid abuse. We have a terrible problem in New York 27. People are dying right and left, and it's, from my perspective, not being dealt with quite as strongly as it should be, especially on the congressional side. So there are a lot of issues in New York 27. Uh, well beyond my own personal career. If you would have told me that opioids would actually be a campaign issue 10 years ago, I would have thought you were insane. Uh, but you're right. It, it's This is something that needs to be addressed. And by the way, in your op-ed piece, you talk about the negotiations with China and how important it is to get a hold of that fentanyl that's coming in from China. It's an important piece. You can see it on foxnews.com. we got another call. Gina in Amherst. You're on with Michael Caputo. Go ahead, Gina. Okay, so, you know, sometimes I think it, it's better. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not trying to convince Michael one way or the other, but Mike, I think David Belladia is a good example of sometimes you could be more effective if you become an influencer instead of running for Congress. Um, I think David Belladia is, he's, he's, I think he's more influential now than he would have been as a congressman. Well, I'll tell you, um, David and I have talked about this. You know, I managed David's last congressional race where he was all in. And uh, I, I know the impact that a, a guy like David Bellavia could have on the United States Congress. And I agree with you in some respect. But, you know, at sometimes who have an, influence, an influential level in their lives, it's about public service. It's about using that influence to change laws, to make laws, to change policy and make policy that delivers for the people of New York 27, for example. So I, I get that, and, and it's a decision that David has made very, you know, after a lot of soul-searching, and I, I understand. But uh, from my perspective, it's not, you know, your own personal uh, powerful impact on the community is no excuse not to serve your community. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. But, like, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you know her, Michael. Uh, her name is Candace Owens. She, you know, they've been asking her to run and run, and she's so right when she said, I am influencing people. She's educating people where she's going to be so effective. I believe she's going to be key in 2020. Um, and I, I agreed with her when she said, you know, I, I'm better outside being an influencer and educating people than I could be just a lone voice in the Congress. You're right. Some people, you got to make that decision for yourself. But sometimes you actually are more influential not running. Sometimes. Yeah, I think Candace is amazing, and her platform is incredibly powerful. Um, yep. uh, and her own personal decision not to run is... Is Gina ready to make an announcement right here, Gina? <laughs> is that what we're hearing? <laughs> no. Definitely. Everyone else is in. Might as well get uh, the whole team together. Gina, very kind words, and I appreciate uh, you calling in. I appreciate uh, that, that kind thing you said and also uh, your participation today. Thank you very much. Happy Sunday to you, Gina. Caputo, here's where we're at, okay? I want to talk about Cheryl Atkinson. This pr she gave a statement that it was really powerful about Spygate. Remember Cheryl Atkinson was at CBS News. 
you know, she literally had the experience that, you know, her, her mouse was moving on her laptop. Someone was getting into her computer. Everyone thought she was a conspiracy tinfoil hat lunatic. And then it turned out, no, no, it happened to her. It happened to James Rosen, formerly of Fox News. They got into reporters' computers and started to delete, manipulate, and download source emails and things like that. That was done by the Obama NSA. And there was a fear that this was what Trump was going to expose in his first 120 days if he was president. Well, I'll tell you, I know Cheryl Atkinson. Uh, She's a person of high quality and uh, honor and integrity. I've always believed what she said, and of course, the United States government and the White House has the power to do exactly what she was alleging and more. We also know that, that they went after the Associated Press in a similar way. The, the, the Obama White House felt no boundaries. They didn't see the fence posts around their capacities and their abilities. They real, you know, that's the one problem you have with leftists is once they get power, uh, they always exceed power. You see that in Venezuela. You see that in Cuba. You see that all around. You know, it, from my perspective, uh, Cheryl's uh, accusations are completely 100% true. And, you know, I'm not quite sure that we're going to see any prosecutions in this effect. Some of that, what happened to her, I believe, is, may even be protected by uh, statute of limitations. But they never stopped doing it. And so there are other people who were abused that way in the media and elsewhere, especially the people like, you know, were, who were uh, working in the Trump campaign, who were abused, whose civil rights and, and constitutional rights were abused in the exact same way. So what Cheryl Atkinson experienced, others have experienced, and I think the, the Department of Justice wants people who, who went through that to present themselves uh, so that they can uh, find out more about what the Obama White House was doing. And as far as how that leads us down the road of, you know, let's say we do take the House back in 2020, you, because of your own defense, because of the fact that you were called in front of the Senate, the House, the special counsel, nobody really knows, you know, the the what happens in the smoky room better than you do. And if this really was, uh, you know, a vote in 2020 about how unlawful and un-American this Russian investigation was, not only for the sitting president, but all these innocent people that were almost bankrupted because of this process, who better to go to Washington to defend their honor and more importantly to make sure this never happens again than you? Yeah, you're riding that pony today, aren't you, David? (laughs) Just trying to see what's up. Well, I'll tell you, um, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, you talk about Rob Ort, who was also abused by federal authorities, you know, he's got the fire in his belly, too. You know, Stefan Mahaila, who has spent his time as county comptroller, uh, being the watchdog of our tax dollars and not just talking about it, but doing it. They're all, they're, listen, they're all, there's not a single dishonorable person in this race. Uh, Ort is a, an American patriot. Mahailu is a is a, a noble uh, American patriot as well. These are all great people. Chris Jacobs is uh, being maligned right now, but this is a, an honorable good man and has no reason to be defending his honor or himself. That's true. The one thing I keep seeing on social media now, so there's a, a bit of a sentiment out there on Chris Jacobs. I've, I've seen somebody, a couple of different people from different walks of life in New York 27, uh, posting about enough of the rich Chris's, you know, Chris Lee, <laughs> Chris Collins, and now Chris Jacobs. You know, you can't compare uh, Chris Jacobs to Chris Lee and Chris Collins, except for the fact that his name's Chris and he's a well, he comes from a wealthy family. 
He's a very different person. I, I would discourage that sentiment about enough. I appreciate that, Michael. Thank you for your time today. I appreciate that. That's Michael Caputo. He was a five. Now he's a seven. That's how it works. Uh, we're going to take a break. We come back. Uh, we'll have more of Hardline right after news. Welcome back to Hardline. And uh, Joe Beamer, of course, running the board, taking the calls, doing all the good work that he does. What is that, five days a week? Six days a week? Six days a week. Six days a week. Happy there to do it, it, David. Yeah, well, join the club. Uh, you put in more hours, though, so I give you that. Uh, Joe Beamer, always great to How are you doing, Joe? What's new with you? I'm, I'm just here's the thing. I, I'm trying to get Chris Jacobs to, to call into the program. OK, uh, because first of all, I want to set the record straight. One of the things I cannot I, I try my best to not mislead, uh, put out bad information. Uh, and if I have been saying on this program, on other programs, what I've heard I don't really have a personal relationship with Senator Chris Jacobs. I don't. I mean, I, I, if he's been on the program before, I'm not going to say anything negative about the guy. I really believe he is a good and honorable man. Uh, and I know that. And here's the other thing. The money thing is always, you know, a, a thing that really kind of is a double-edged sword. It's easy to say, we don't need another rich millionaire running for office. Here's the thing. You don't need a rich millionaire running for office until you need a rich millionaire running for office. Because if Chris Jacobs did not bring his own money into the race that he's currently, the, the seat that he currently occupies, do you don't have a Republican in the state Senate. Because that party, the Erie County Republican Party, they needed Chris Jacobs. They needed Chris Collins, quite frankly. Jane Corwin, why was she an attractive candidate? Because there are political, in the old days, political parties raised money for candidates. It is so much easier for the party apparatus to say, would you be willing to put your own money in? Because now we can focus on other races where we don't have people that have the means to finance those seats. So everyone that's hammering, uh, you know, uh, Jacobs about the fact that, you know, he has earned a good living is a little bit ridiculous because that was exactly the reason they leaned on him and depended on him to run for that seat. Uh, So what but Mahalu is just look, I, I, I don't have there is nobody in this race that is a bad person. And, and you could disagree. You could be fired up. Uh, Collins is going to say what he wants to say. I'm going to be honest with you. There's all these people talking about primary and Chris Collins. I did it. <laughs> I And I went head to head. I bashed him as hard as I could. I went right after Chris Collins. And at the end of it, I was like, he won. The people had their say. They chose Chris Collins. Was it the right choice or the, the, the wrong choice? It was always the right choice because the people are never wrong. And you have to be outside of your own ego. Whenever you decide to run for office or you get on the radio or do whatever, it can be all about you. It can be about your ego and your Wikipedia entry. Or you could just walk outside of it and say, listen, uh, try to be as humble as you possibly can. Sometimes you get what you work for. Sometimes you don't. It's all about life. And Collins is a congressman, and he's in jammed up in, in his own do of his own doing, quite frankly. 
But uh, I'm not going to go and, and throw that guy under the bus either. Uh, because at the end of the day, we're on the same, ideologically, we're on the same team. And Chris Collins has done a lot for this district because he thinks very similarly to everyone else in this pool, a potential pool. Caputo brings different things to the table. Chris Jacobs brings different things to the table. Uh, but, you know, and the idea that Mahalou's attacking Jacobs and Collins is attacking Jacobs, you know, I mean, that's the way they do things. It doesn't make Mahalou a horrible person. It doesn't make Collins a horrible person. But again, Jacobs really hasn't had a defender, and I, I just think it's a little unfair. Ort is another example. Uh, everyone wants to say, you know, Ort and this and the scandal and the investigation and everything else. That's really unfair to do to that guy. Uh, I'm not super close with Rob Ort. I obviously respect him for what he stands for and what he's done for the country. Uh, his family is beautiful. He's got a great reputation. Uh, but this this is not a matter of, you know, Ort is a liar and he's a horrible man. And if, if that's the way we're going to, this primary is going to run, then they're just, you're going to eliminate yourself right out of the gate. It, it's not, it's just not the way it's going to be. So, but again, Mahalo's not in the race yet. He's throwing bombs from the outside. But again, Mahalo is a, he's a political animal. He is not afraid of a fight. And he's a known commodity. You know what you get with Mahalo. There's never a time when you're like, Stefan, I wasn't expecting that from Stefan Mahalo. You know exactly what you're going to get. And by the way, if it wasn't for Stefan Mahalo, there would be zero pushback. Joe Larigo and Stefan Mahalo, uh, you know, in the uh, legislature and in the comptroller's office, zero pushback against Mark Polencar's unless it was for those two guys. And Stefan, every single day, has put on up his hands and gone to battle to give you know, push back towards the Poland Cars administration. Nobody else has done that. It's a thankless job, and he's been a warrior every single day. He deserves a tremendous amount of credit for that. Uh, you know, Razenhofer, I don't know much about Razenhofer. I mean, I don't particularly, you know, we don't have the, the I, I just don't really have a good relationship with him, and, and it's not that I, I consider him a bad person or I don't like him. I just don't have a relationship with him. He's done some things in the past when I was a candidate that I thought were were pretty skeevy and low blow, but uh, he's a sitting senator. He's from, you know, he represents that area, Genesee County, uh, but I just, I don't really know a lot about him. Galvin, Galvin could easily take this seat. Galvin jumps in this race. Galvin could take the seat. He's earned it. He's he's got that reputation. Uh, he's a good man. He's a hardworking guy. Understands this district. Uh, Galvin would be a lock. Steve Hawley is a guy that you know not a lot of people pay attention to the assembly. Steve Hawley is one of the most conservative guys out there. He's a principled man. He's a, a disciplined man, and he's a gentleman. And he's a businessman. He's a very successful businessman. Everyone talk about the money everyone else has. Hawley does very well, employs people in the district, uh, is just, you know, a very capable. He could take this. Anyone could. Uh, I look at some of the out. No one's heard from Carl Palladino. 
Palladino could jump in this thing and cause a lot of people to have, you know, be up all night if Palladino wanted to jump into it. Uh, and then, of course, you look at uh, Dave DiPietro, a name no one has brought up. I mean, they bring him up all the time in past races. No one has said, DiPietro, are you going to jump in? DiPietro runs in there, what he's done in the assembly, running into a buzzsaw every day. No one, I don't know anyone who's been more pro-gun, pro-life, uh, you know, just set himself on fire against the SAFE Act. Uh, his religious principles, he's pro-life. He's a good man, uh, and DiPietro is certainly, uh, I think, one of the, the favorites if he decided to jump in this thing. And now Caputo. Who the hell would have thought Michael Caputo would even think about this? Uh, Caputo brings a ton to the table. There's a lot of things there. But you know what? The more people you th- – and, and now you've got Nate McMurray, and you're like, wait a minute. Nate McMurray is a Democrat. Why would Nate McMurray be even involved in this? Well, what happens to Nate McMurray if they tell him you're too conservative for the Democratic Party? Where does Nate McMurray go? Does he run a third party? Does he? I mean, he knows this district better than anyone. What happens if you get these wild cards that jump in here? You know what it helps? It helps Chris Collins. Don't sleep on the incumbent representative right now. Chris Collins has his day in court. He might be found not guilty. Uh, there's a, a these cases are very difficult to prove. And when you really look at the essence of what Chris Collins is accused of, you know, he's being a dad. Did he did he do this to to benefit himself? Did he do it? We don't even know the circumstances. What if Chris Collins is trying to defend his son and it turns out they don't have anything against him? He refuses to throw his son under the bus and he's doing what dads do when their kids get jammed up. He leaves the the courthouse victorious, and there's nine people in a primary. Chris Collins could be the congressman again. He could be the congressman for another 10 years. You know, uh, anything could happen when you have that many people in a race. It's it's just get your popcorn ready because it's going to be nuts. And Mahailu makes everything entertaining because he's just... He just goes, I mean, dude, I talked to him for five minutes and he was just like, boom, boom, firing for effect. You know, uh, Mahailu with eight mortars in his hands, just dropping them in tubes, raining fire on Chris Jacobs. That's Erie County. This is a blood sport. And maybe it's going to take a guy like that to just claw his way through a primary. I don't think Ort's going to do that. I don't think Hawley would do that. I don't know what Rasenhofer would do. I know Jacobs isn't going to do that. Does that work with the voters or does it work against the voters? We'll all find out. 803-0930 is the Republican line. 644-9875 is the Democratic line. And we are going to take a break. More hard line right after this. So we're reaching out to uh, Chris Jacobs' folks just to get to... uh, I'm not really looking for... I'd love to have Chris Jacobs in here in in studio and give him an hour, uh, take some calls or do whatever. But my my whole thing is is that the allegation was made during the last time around in 2018 and now that this is a never-Trumper who did not vote for for Donald Trump. We heard Collins say it. We heard Mihailu hit him on it. And I've said it. 
uh, because I was I was given information that that's what uh, happened during the, the candidate process last time around. I have been corrected by people very close to Senator Jacobs that said not only was that never said in front of committee members in Livingston County, the famous Livingston County candidate vetting session, where it is alleged that Jacobs went in there and said, I would I never voted for Trump. I'm not a big fan of Trump. Uh, it, it, that is being denied by the Jacobs camp. Well, here's the way I look at things. If you're going to go on the record and state something and someone is saying that it's categorically not true, you you owe it to that person to defend their honor, defend their name. Uh, and I'm certainly not going to jump on the pile. And I did. And I'm, I'm calling myself out. I, I did not go to the source. I did not ask him directly. And I carried the water of, of what I thought was true. And it, it turns out this is not what, what uh, according to his people close to Chris Jacobs, this is not what he said and he did vote for Donald Trump. So it's kind of hard to argue that someone's a never-Trumper if they voted for the guy. Uh, now, do, is he on fire for Donald Trump? We'll find out. But uh, does it really matter? I mean, if he voted for the president, he can't be a, a never I mean, the, the definition of a never-Trumper is someone who never will support the president, not someone who voted for him but is agnostic about the president. You know what I mean? He's a sometimes-Trumper. Well, that's a huge part of the cudgel that anti-Chris Jacobs guys are throwing at him. But again, you know, his votes in the uh, Mahalo also hit him on the immigration votes in the Senate, that he supports illegal immigration and all these other things. Here's the thing. We're going to get to all of it. But why is Chris Jacobs drawing fire? Because he's the only person to come out and say, I'm in right now. All these other folks on the fringe are playing, you know, Hamlet with whether or not they're going to go in. Chris Jacobs, the only reason why we're talking about New York 27 right now is because Senator Chris Jacobs is the first person to say, I want this, I'm going to earn it, and I'm going out there right now. And that's why he's drawing fire. And you don't shoot at something unless you want to put it down. And Chris Jacobs presents a very serious threat. You can't say that, uh, you know, Collins is going to outspend Chris Jacobs. You can't say that Chris Jacobs doesn't have name recognition. And when you look at the different personalities and the charisma of the different candidates, you know, Jacobs is the same guy he always has been. He's he's cool. He's calm. And he tries to be a gentleman uh, always, whether his politics are far right or, or in the middle. Uh, he's going to have to determine that with the voters. Uh, but Mahailu, you know what you're getting with Mahailu? He's got a ton of support in Erie County. He's got support in other areas, too. DiPietro, wildly popular in his district. Gallivan is, you know, one of, we haven't heard from, from Senator Gallivan. Gallivan jumps in this thing. It's a game changer. I think the favorites become, you know, Gallivan goes to the very top. Uh, as far as uh, Caputo, that's, that's the wild card. Nobody thought that could happen. And it looks like it is, or could be. Um, Paladino, <laughs> I mean, my God. If you Could you imagine, this would be, do you remember uh, when, when Cuomo was running and you had like the rent is too high? Th this would literally look like the Democratic field of 2020. You would have nine podiums and you would need like spit shields, you know, because people would just be going at each other. What does Paladino... See, here's the thing about Paladino. Everyone wants to, you know, look at the past and, you know, oh, well, the, how do you defend all this stuff? The thing is that Paladino always defends 
his he doesn't run away from from any of it. Uh, you know, I, next week we're going to do a show on Hardline, and it's going to I don't know how it's going to play, but I'm I'm starting the research now. I had written an op-ed about oh a year ago. I wrote an op-ed and I wanted to 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 run it and I got a lot of pushback from Republicans and conservatives. And I'm going to do a show next week and we're going to take an hour and we're going to talk about it. I want to go back in time to the Jack Davis run of 2006 against Tom Reynolds. Jack Davis ran Donald Trump's successful presidential campaign in 2016, 10 years before Donald Trump did. Now, I've always been a Tom Reynolds uh, Republican. That's where I, you know, there's the Collins group and there's the, the Reynolds group. I've, I came up learning everything I know from the Tom Reynolds side. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Tom Reynolds. This was a powerful, uh, effective uh, man. And, and the way he ran the NRCC and the way he held, you know, account, you didn't have the problems in the Republican Party. Uh, even even looking at the Foley situation, uh, there was decisions that were tough decisions that were made. But Tom Reynolds was a man that really put fear in his enemies and forced uh, people to circle the wagons. Even when there were controversial decisions, Reynolds was a guy that would he would steamroll you. He would never run away and he would never uh, back down. Uh, and I respect that a lot about him. Uh, Collins is the same way, but a totally different camp faction of the Republican side here in Erie. If you look at Langworthy, Langworthy is a Reynolds guy that came up in politics through Reynolds. And, you know, obviously he's aligned with Collins because of the Erie County uh, executive race and the, the Congress uh, congressional race. But Langworthy is probably in that camp as well. If you look at that race in 2006, Reynolds went up against a populist nationalist candidate, right? And the arguments that were made against Tom Reynolds in 2006 about China, about jobs, about American work, uh, about uh, America first— the immigration commentary by Jack Davis. He was running as a Democrat against a Republican Tom Reynolds, but this was Donald Trump's campaign. I mean, it is unbelievable how similar the Jack Davis 2006 candidate model is to what Donald... I don't even know their relationship, but I'm telling you, if you look at all the talking points of Donald Trump in 2016 and you line it up to Jack Davis in 2006... It is almost identical. It didn't work. Uh, he narrowly lost to uh, Tom Reynolds. Uh, but also, it took 10 years for the rest of the country to say, this is, this is the new party. The, the Republican Party is the party of the, uh, the ideology of Jack Davis in 2006. That's what Trump has done to the Republican Party. You might like it. You might love it. But in New York 26 at the time, now 27, they weren't ready for it in 2006. Uh, he narrowly lost to Reynolds. Uh, but again, what, what does the future look like in Western New York? Was Jack Davis right? Well, Donald Trump is right today, according to the American people. Uh, is that the future of Republican politics? Uh, do we go with tariffs? Are we aggressive with China? Uh, look at the foreign policy. Look at immigration. 5,000 immigrants a day. And we just got a report. You can read the Washington Free Beacon. DNA, DNA testing done on families of immigrants 
these families, these kids and adults, they're not related. This is crazy. 5,000 immigrants coming across the border every single day. We're going to have more guests next week, more politics. It's Hardline. Up next, meet the press. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 